Welcome in, new friend of the show, Frenzy Designs. What is Frenzy Designs? That's where they take your pictures and they bring them to life in a cool, custom sports design for you. Whether you need a great way to recognize your seniors or just a really cool team banner for your next tournament, Frenzy Designs can help. No order is too small, no place is too far away. They've shipped to 43 states in Canada just last year alone. We're going to help them get to 50 here in 2020. If you want to check out their work, visit frenzy-designs.com. That's with a dash in the middle, frenzy-designs.com. The symbol, not the words, idiots. Listen, frenzy-designs.com. Or you can give them a call today. 888-6-FRENZY. That's 888-637-3699. Frenzy Designs, your place for custom sports banners and posters. I will say they make an absolute incredible gift for anyone. Coaches, players, teammates, the whole deal. They can make a banner for your outfield. They can make it fit up on your wall in your room. Whatever it is, it does not matter. Frenzy Designs will take your picture and bring it to life even if cole kublik doesn't think it's a sport frenzy designs can still help you out like i said check them out frenzy-designs.com or you can follow them on twitter at frenzy designs as well and be sure to tell them casio sent you what's up candy liquors pleased to meet you nice to know me what you doing You're listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. I got two good buddies of mine, previous guest. Now Corey has the official record, I believe. You're tied with Conrad at three appearances. Yay, yay. Cut. Corey Ryan Forster is here, and FMK Matt Coon is here as well. What's going on, Castillo? We're good, man. I'm excited to have you guys. It's a big day for y'all, too. You just started a podcast that is going directly against this one. I appreciate that. Oh shit, was that today? <laughs> Wait, you have a podcast? You're like, yeah, you schedule your shit? Okay. Oh man. Yeah, you've joined the Tuesday realm. Uh, and just tell everybody just a little bit about one, what we can expect from the brand new podcast from you two. Well, number one, I mean, I already have a podcast on Wednesday, so it's not like I was working with a with a full barrel there. I got my other podcast, the Well Read Podcast with Trey uh, Crowder and Drew Morgan. But on this, this is just your boy, Corey Ryan Forster, and my buddy Matt Coon. It's going to be when we were conceptualizing this. Um, in my mind, it is sort of a hybrid between a Johnny Carson show and like an old school. Uh, Rick and Bubba slash Bob and Tom slash, you know, all that stuff. We're going to have an open monologue. We're going to have a bunch of crazy, zany uh, running bits. We're going to do uh, fun parody songs. Just 
it's going to be all over the place, but at the same time, my uh, buddy and very talented producer, Matt Coon, is going to keep it segmented and at least uh, somewhat formatted so that uh, it's not a true reflection of my brain, which is just scattered fuckery. Yeah, that I've seen been the name of it's the name scattered of the door, scattered fuckery. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the secret of of any success I've had is just me being lucky enough to uh, know people who don't know how to do the one or two things I know how to do. And luckily, Corey Corey needed something that that required technical expertise, and I have a little bit. So um, I think I get to talk a little bit, but I'm mostly there to help Corey sew his genius ideas together. Oh, you get to talk plenty. It's just <laughs> I, you have to wait. You have to pick your spots where I pause for a second. You know, there's a funny story to that. Corey, do you remember the first thing I asked you or said to you when you asked me to co-host your podcast? Uh, no. Uh, I said, no. so Cassie, I said no. <laughs> right. That's true. You did. You did. Uh, you did say so. Did Cassie say no? <laughs> I think, well, look, every, every, uh, show needs somebody to steer the thing. Or like you said, it is scattered fuckery. So yeah, I think me and Corey's roles on a show would kind of be the same. Um, for sure. Coon, you know, luckily for you, what you've got going for you is that you have a microphone and you're not funny. So you can kind of blend <laughs> in with Corey. <laughs> That's the key. Cassio, you have no idea how hard it is being as unfunny as I am. It's a skill that y'all two have no knowledge about it, but for real, it's so much easier with two people. I'm sure you, you, if you had someone that you could rely on, who could help you steer the ship, it would be easier for you. It's 100%. I've done podcasts by myself, two people, whether you're live on a stage, whether you're on radio, whether you're on podcasts, it's so much easier. Well, my thing too is that, so on the well-read podcast, I'm co-host, but I'm also the producer. So I'm the one that's putting it out every week. And I maintain that that's like, that's the only part of that podcasting process. That's even a little bit hard for me. Like when me and the guys record, we record for usually an hour, an hour and 15 minutes every Monday. That is nothing uh, at all. But I was like, if I'm going to do another podcast, there's no way I can also write, write all the bits, record it and then edit them and put, I, I can't do that part because I already do that once a week and that's enough for me. So, I mean, God, God bless you for, for taking on the, the role of what I consider sincerely the hardest part of it. And I mean, we really have a lot to thank for Conrad Thompson because I have been in the boot camp of podcasting for Conrad Thompson where there's a show coming out at six in the morning and I get a show at 8 p.m. at night with yeah. 12 commercials. And, you know, and then he says me another one at midnight. And luckily, it's got me in a position where as easy as comedy is for you, it's easy for me to sew these things together. Right. So we got through the screen door out of all this. And uh, so, so Corey, you approached Coon. You had an idea for a, you wanted to do a, a solo podcast and you approached Coon. What happened? Me and Coon had been talking just back and forth for a while during the pandemic about, you know, and, and, and I, when we're on the text group together, I'm, I've got a lot of manic energy and I've had a lot of time to think like, well, fuck, I'm not on the road. I got to do something. And I've been wanting to do a separate podcast and I've had this long running idea. I mean, it was just a nugget of an idea. Like I want to do a show, but like, it's not just another white dude rambling or several white dudes in a room rambling like there's going to be a structure i'm going to write little bits this will be 
at the very least, if no one listened to it, I write something to force me every week to write a monologue and write current stuff because, you know, I've made it no secret to my friends and you guys. Like, I would love to work in the late night world someday, uh, whether as a host or, or whatever that's going to look like in the next 20 years with all the streaming services. So I wanted to do something, but like I said, I was like, I cannot undergo another podcast where I have to edit and do all this stuff. And me and Coon had just been talking. And one night he just flat out said, he's like, Hey man, you know, if you ever had an idea for blah, 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 and you needed my help with it, just to let you know, I'd be all in. And as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, motherfucker. Well, let's do this. (laughs) I I immediately took him. I immediately called that fat fucks bluff. Like it was the quickest anyone's bluff has been called. And he was just like, yeah, I'm in. And then over the next couple of weeks, we just kind of texted back and forth and kind of conceptualized what you're going to hear today. And I mean, I know I can speak for Casio when I say that there's nothing worse, as you say, than a podcast with a white guy rambling for an hour. You know? <laughs> well, as long, what I, as, long as the, it's about something. And, and I know I know you're doing this. It's a self-burn here. I get that. But I'm saying, like, I didn't – like, it's very – I know a lot of dudes are like, well, I've got a lot of time right now. I'm just going to do a podcast. And they just hit record and go, here's what – and and for the record, there are dudes – that that works like Bill Burr does the Monday morning podcast and that and cast there. I'm not the guy like you don't like I, I bet you I've got like I'd say out of 50 episodes if my format was just hit record and whatever is on my mind that day you hear I would say out of 50 episodes there would be two or three absolute bangers and the rest would just be me frustrated that I forgot to get the instant pudding uh you know what I'm saying so like to me it was like no I need to format this like like I'm writing sketches, I'm doing monologues. We're going to do some fake funny commercials. And yes, there's going to be, obviously me and Coon are going to banter because I got to give that fucker something to do. As he smoking God a cigarette, looking at his do. phone. <laughs> we can I've got see a business. You, this is going to be on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have two concerts tonight and I have like 14 parents who are texting me right now. I'm very, we were doing uh it's funny you say that because I guess it took drew a little while longer to adjust to the fact that we recorded everything on zoom and it was on video and that I put it on YouTube because used to, it was just strictly audio. And so like, he'd be doing whatever it was he wanted to do while we were talking. And we had this episode of the well-read podcast. It was this limited series that we did called tiger by the tail. And it was a uh, nine part retrospective of the, uh, the hit documentary that swept the nation, the tiger King. And in one episode, uh, me and Trey and DJ are sitting there talking and over in the corner, you can just see drew mashing mashed potatoes. He's just in his kitchen he just <laughs> and he just make, and then we start talking. We're like, drew, drew. And he's like, what? And we're like, dude we're in the like this is a a performance like you got to be here and he's like oh god damn i'm sorry i was making mashed potatoes i didn't think y'all could could hear me we're like we can see you you have a camera by the way oh go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna Uh, say i I give i give drew much cool points for making his own mashed potatoes you know how they probably suck (laughs) yeah but just going i'm gonna make these mashed potatoes absolutely yeah 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 that's a win that is a win for sure yeah, it, it, when you do video, it's different. I used to have a podcast host. We did interviews every week. I won't name his name, but he's on NXT television right now. And I used to literally text him the questions he would have to ask the person because he did not know what to ask. So he couldn't do video because he had no idea what to do. So I'd be texting him questions to ask the guest. That's horrible. It, it is. It is. Oh. All right, so we got monologues. We've got bits. Uh, we got fake commercials. 
um, is the buttercream dream, which is the new internet sensation, going to make an appearance? The buttercream dream will absolutely be making appearances. I can't say uh, necessarily in in what uh, on what way, uh, but but I mean he's going to be there. There's definitely going to be some promos cut specifically for the podcast. Probably some more fun ones, if I had to guess. Like the ones the buttercream dream puts out on the internet are you know usually fairly politically drivel drivel they are drivel that was a freudian fucking slip they're usually political drivel um they're usually, they're usually that's so goddamn funny they're usually they're usually usually Again, another alternate name for y'all yeah. <laughs> political drivel i'm they're checking usually, out the domain name right now political drivel <laughs> They're usually politically driven, uh, but I would like to bring that character to life in a, in more of a fun way, like by cutting. Because originally the concept of Buttercream Dream, I'd, I think I'd actually talked to it with uh, with both of you guys. I'd been wanting to do this wrestling character for a long time, but the first inception of it in my mind was I was going to start a YouTube series called Wrestling With My Emotions. And the whole thing was going to be, and the buttercream dream name hadn't, wasn't a thing. I just knew that I was going to be cutting promos uh, and it was going to be on like my depression. Like every week I was going to be facing my depression and I was going to be cutting, and it was going to be my way. It was going to be like my verbal diary, but I was going to try to make it funny. And then I realized like, God damn, I can only probably cut so many promos on my depression before. I mean, got to have a heel turn. And then what do I do? Kill myself on camera. <laughs> And so, so I didn't know what, to do. and I was like, well, fuck. That's and so then 2020. Yeah, yeah. Just killing yourself in a zoom meeting. Ah, damn. You're right, I can't wait to be a Patreon to see it. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> That's the highest tier. That's the highest, highest tier. tier. Yeah. Our highest tier could see Corey kill himself this week. But, uh, so yeah, it's, and I didn't know what to do, but I knew I wanted to do something with like a wrestling character. And then I, I'm not allowed to say his name cause he told me, you know, Hey man, kayfabe this, but one of my friends who you all know sent me a belt, a wrestling belt. And when that belt came, it was a total surprise. Didn't tell me this was happening. And when that belt came into my life, uh, I, I had it as the first belt I've ever, ever owned. And I loved it. And one day I was sitting there and I, and something happened on the news that just really, really pissed me off. And it was one of the, I didn't write nothing, nothing at all. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, God damn it. I'm going to go out in the yard and I'm going to scream about this. Just like how all rednecks, just like how Trey did during the liberal redneck thing that got us. I was like, I've got something to say and I really need to say it. As I'm walking out my house, that belt was right there and I just grabbed it and put it over my shoulder. And so I cut the video walking around my yard with that on my shoulder. I didn't address it. I didn't say I'm the buttercream dream because I didn't think of that name. Uh, but like it got a lot of clicks and I found out the whole reason it got a lot of clicks is because the thumbnail, you see this fucking shirtless dude with a belt over his shoulder. And that's people were like, wait, 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 what's going on here? And so that, that thing got so successful that I was like, oh my God, I could do this. And then one night late, I was drunk. Me and my manager came up with the name buttercream dream and now it's on. Now it's game on. Yeah, it's game on. It's been a lot of fucking fun, too. Uh, those are dropping every Wednesday, right? Yeah, those are dropping every Wednesday. Um, but I did decide the other day that it's like, look, if something happens on Monday that's insane, you're there's probably going to be a buttercream video. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's um, I've noticed that the ones that get the most clicks are when it's a, about a certain someone who did a certain something. You know what I'm saying? And if I wait to, for Wednesday for the thing, it's like, well, what if nothing happens on Wednesday? So, 
Corey's learned the secret that like topical stuff should probably be current. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is though, I, it, it always is something current, but it's like, I'm all, because of that, I'm always waiting like, well, surely to God, something will happen late Tuesday night or Wednesday. And sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes the biggest thing that's going to happen that week happened on Monday and you better just go ahead and fucking do it right then. Uh, are you guys going to be on YouTube for this podcast? I don't know. Are we? I think we are going to be on YouTube. One thing Corey and I have in common besides uh, inflated egos and um, bouts of depression is neither of us have our shit together at all. So it's possible we should. It probably will, but it might not. You never know. Well, look, if we're recording it video-wise, then I mean, yeah, there's no reason for it not to be. I'll tell you, actually, you know what? It will be on YouTube. It just will not be up on youtube at the same time that the audio is up every week i'll say that i can i can stand by that this is uh how Corey and i make decisions we usually do it while we're recording yeah yeah while we're recording a podcast <laughs> with somebody course. else they ask us a question we go you know what god damn i ain't never <laughs> thought about that sure fucking nice set it up i'd say is this is this y'all's first meeting on what yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, YouTube. That's a great <laughs> idea. Hey, you say I don't you have my shit have together. Look, look at look at this. Look at this behind me. Look at this huge to do list that I have in my in my office. Stuff strictly for this podcast. And look at all those goddamn check marks. Tell, don't tell me that I don't have my shit together. That I'm by my estimation, by my estimation, that's as close as to college as I'll ever be. I got a fucking Dude, are whiteboard. You like that? Son. Are you are you to do list guy? I, I have to um, when things get complicated, but generally I keep things in my head. But when it comes oh, to this no, stuff, I can't do that. I do have, when I have other people depending on me, I usually make a list. Ooh, that sounded serious. Other people depending on me. Yeah, you know, see, like, Coon, Coon's going to remember to go get another carton of Virginia Slim cigarettes. Like, he doesn't have to write that shit down. No, that, that's, that's like a reflex. It's like a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the other night, we, of course, we all three uh, venture in and out of uh, ad-free shows uh, podcast, which is the think tank turned into the Sad News Bears. And, uh, uh, Corey, you missed last week where uh, we we found out what everybody was getting for dinner that night. And uh, Oh, I bet Matt that Coon, was a very sad. <laughs> yeah, well, Matt Coon had his son go to the gas station. So <laughs> that, Wait. that hit right on brand, brother. Wait, hold on just a second. What did you want from the gas station? It's a Wawa. So okay, Wawa is our. It nicer. sounds better as a gas station. It does. It's a funnier joke. I, I, I should have had a better. I should have said an old tuna sandwich and a burrito. I know. But I, I, but I was gonna say like that seems like a place you go when it's like oh I'm in a hurry I got to do this thing. Like if you're sending somebody you can fucking yeah. send them anywhere. He got a sub this, sandwich. We had a couple sub sandwiches, and we had two sub sandwiches <laughs> and two chips. See, this is why I'm not good at comedy. See, when you guys do comedy, and this has actually happened with Corey already, like instead of building on the comedy, I defend myself. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I don't know that it's a bit. So I'm like, motherfucker, that's not true. Like I, it's a Wawa. Yeah, like, you gotta lie. Funny. How about this? Here's how he checks out on brand. He sent his son back later to get chocolate milk and dessert. There it is. There it is. Okay, that's officially a gas station. <laughs> you know, you got to have your king-sized uh, king Hershey's and your king-sized Reese's and your king-sized chocolate milk. How, how are you supposed to go to sleep at night? 
not with a stomach ache, I guess, but I'm with you. Like I'm still doing the same shit. Like I can't dude. Uh, last night, no, <clears throat> not true. Well, yes. Okay. Last night I did eat pudding, but this is not the pudding story I wanted to tell two night. The reason, the, reason, the reason that I ate pudding last night was because I was told that I ate pudding the night before. And I was like, dang, and my wife was like, it looked like it was really hitting for you, but I was blackout drunk. So I don't remember it. So last night I wanted to remember pudding. That's a, that's another, that's the name of my new special. I wanted to remember pudding. Um, my wife told me that two nights ago, uh, I was blackout hammer drunk and she says she always knows when I'm blackout hammer drunk because I just will randomly start arguing with no one about how great the movie, the departed is, even though she's heard me say this a million times and agrees with me. And she always knows if I ever start talking about the departed, she can do almost anything because I'm not going to remember whatever it was. Cause that means I'm blackout. But apparently I went to the kitchen and cooked and ate by myself an entire family-sized instant jello lemon pudding. Jeez. Ain't wow. that something? And then last night, I had pistachio. I, I Look, I knew you had a love I'm for pudding. I'm pudding-eating drunk, son. I, I knew you had a love for pudding. Um, if, we've, if they've seen any of your stage set at parts, they know you have a love for pudding, but... Yeah, I did not know it ran this deep. Oh, it's not kayfabe, son. It's I've I fucking shoot love pudding. And this is this has happened so many times. Corey and I, we have a lot of interests in common, you know. Because this morning, I was talking about The Departed with my son. We were talking yeah, about Greek, yeah. we were talking about Greek tragedies because I explained to him that this movie I didn't like because it wasn't set like a Greek tragedy. And I explained what that was. And I said, every Scorsese movie's like that, except The Departed, which kind of has another plot line, which is a Greek tragedy in reverse, blah, blah, blah. I know it's not funny, but it's a good coincidence. Yeah, I mean, no, I could talk about The Departed all day. It's just... A reverse Greek tragedy. Well, yeah, because the one character was in shit at the beginning and turned out okay at the end. That is the, true. Um, the, I think that was the Leo character. But the well, other character, I mean, yeah, he his arc is fine, but I wouldn't say that he turns out okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if you like to, if you like going for the big sleep in an elevator shaft, then yeah, I mean that's that's but, good. But I, I guess I was just going for redemption. But know? no, you're right. Like his character, yeah, no, one hundred percent, absolutely. Because the, you know, of course, like Goodfellas is you know the pattern, or or you know Oedipus, whatever, you yeah. know where everything's going awesome, 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 and then all right. of a sudden, you know, get Mikey to stir the fucking gravy, and everything goes to shit, you know. Right, and arguably, maybe he did want to die. Maybe that is a great ending for him because he seemed exhausted, and I mean, all his family was fucking dead. Like that, I mean, I think Tarantino I mean, directed the last scene. I think yeah, he directed sure. all of it except the last. For sure, scene. yeah. I mean, because like, dude, I'm not like I don't like I love my life, I really do. But there's some days I wake up and I'll just be like, you know. If I hadn't have woke up, that'd been fine too. Like I've been all right, you know. Like I'm just so fucking. Like I'm not. I don't want to die. I'm just so tired of being fucking alive. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make any sense? I'm just worn out. More than you know. Y'all are getting this sneak peek at that top Patreon level of Corey's <laughs> for through the screen door. Yeah. I mean, sometimes a, I don't want to wake up. Yeah, for twenty five dollars, you can be a one in the chamber member. Every week, Every- Corey spins the chamber. <laughs> you get a daily five-minute. Uh, you get a five-minute podcast to see if he's alive and how's he feeling about waking up. Yeah, 
And every <laughs> member gets a chance to talk Corey out of suicide every week. And for a thousand dollars, you can come fucking shoot me. <laughs> Just y'all make checks payable to my wife. That's called the Super Dave level. <laughs> you got to bring cash and leave it at the house when they get there for your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, through the screen door, dropping today. You guys uh, have do have a lot in common. What what was some of the other names that you tossed around? Let's go behind the curtain here. Let's go well, through the, the screen door. The first one that we had was. Um, sup y'all that's what it was just sup y'all okay and it was just like yeah i say that all the time sup y'all and we were just we were going with that and everything was good and then i started i wrote i wrote it out and i was looking at this font that i was using i was like god damn that looks so familiar like why does that look familiar to me and then i remembered i had been on a podcast like seven months before that was just called sup so i had and it was my book and it was my buddy uh, uh, Chaney's, and it's about uh, it's about fashion lifestyle. And we, I went on there and we talked about shoes and shit like that. And I realized, oh goddamn, all I did was just add y'all. And I was like, well, we can't do that shit. Uh, so, and I don't know, man. We I, that, do you remember any of the other iterations, Ken? Yeah, it was Corey. When Corey gets on a theme, he keeps going. So it was anything southern. He's like, what about grits? What about fried chicken? What about porch? What about, so there was a lot of like on the porch, there was a lot of, you know, um, Hey y'all, there was a lot of that, you know, but yeah, uh, we just, you know, I was throwing out a lot of shit hoping we could just filter through it. it, I mean, the the basic idea is, you know, a a dinner, a country dinner supper club where people kind of talk around the supper table and you're peeking in through the screen door and hearing the conversation. Well, we can't wait to check it out. Hopefully every week right after they still listen to this podcast, uh, they have time to fill in for y'all. Are you going to, you guys going to have guests? Um, I don't think what, first off, what I'm going to not do is have a guest every week. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, because basically it's like, as I've heard Conrad say this, it's like, well, if you do that, you're going to find that there's not 52 fucking interesting people. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, you are on this week. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we are proving uh, that theory. But but the thing is, like, you're welcome to come on anytime. That would probably be what it was. Is that I'll only yeah, have, have a, a floater. Guest. I'll only have a guest when it's like, like, oh, Casio has this thing to promote. Of course he's coming, and like, I can count on you. Like, you're always going to come in straight flames. But I'm not just going to like, okay, this week we got to have somebody. Because I right. mean, you know, it's like Johnny Carson didn't always have a comedian at the end of the show sometimes but if there was a good comedian he saw at the store he'd put him on but every week he didn't think oh i've got to have somebody to close this as a comedian because that would really take away the uh you know the appeal of it but there there is you know there's something too in my mind like oh shit my buddy bj barham american aquarium is putting out a a new album this week maybe he's going to come on for five minutes and then we'll we'll close the show with one of his songs i'm very interested in that but i'm not interested in this is the format it has to have a guest uh, and so, therefore, each week we're going to scramble. Yeah, so what you're looking at, Cassie, is basically disorganization masked as flexibility. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're flexible, but at the same time, what Corey's saying is 100% true. Cassio, you know this better than anybody. Having a guest is great. Lining that shit up every week and making That's the sure part of it. we've got to get a guest. Yeah. I've got to yeah. get a guest for Tuesday. i got to get a guest. And next thing you know, you got fucking Jay-Z on Skype. And, yeah. you, know, you know, what are you going to do? Whoa! Sky. <laughs> what a shot there from out of nowhere! <laughs> from out of nowhere! 
All right, tell them tell them how they can listen. I assume it's on every podcast platform there is. Uh, you Absolutely. got some media set up yet? Absolutely. We we have our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash screen door. You can listen on all of your podcast platforms. You can subscribe right now on iTunes and any other platform. Through the Screen Door is the name of the show. Uh, Through the Screen Door with, Ryan, with Corey Ryan Forster. And, of course, there is a YouTube channel coming that I've been working on for the last few months. So we're going to get that going as well. But make sure to listen every single week on your favorite podcast platform. So I got a question. This could be a new segment. We're going we're gonna to test it out on you guys. Uh, and I brought this in just to help. If it's good, uh, by the way, we're stealing it for uh, Through the Screen Door. No, fuck, you're not. Hey, Cassie, uh, hold on a not, second. Not, not stealing, uh, borrowing. Oh, hey, hey, Cassie, hey, Cassie, just hold on one second. Welcome to the newest segment on Through the Screen Door with our special <laughs> guest, Cassio. All right, go ahead, buddy. There you go. That way you don't have to fix it in post, as yeah, we said. Yeah, it's already done. Yeah, it's already done. Is that my cozy? Corey and Amber, June 2th, 2018. <laughs> June 2th! <laughs> That's what the doctor said I had. You got that June tooth, boy. Goddamn. How much lemonade you had this month? Woo. So, so you guys uh, you guys know about this uh, saying, uh, of course, which is something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so I had this idea for a segment uh, for music and I want to tie that's the theme of it something old something new something borrowed something blue so here's what we're going to do something new uh, something old will be a anything a band an artist an album just something that's older uh, you know not nothing even close to being new music something classic that you can always go back to you always find yourself rolling back into that it's a go-to Whichever one of you want to start that off. Well, I don't, Corey's been preparing all day, so I know he's got something to say. So uh, for me, <laughs> I've got uh, recently Sebastian Bach and Christian uh, Chris Jericho got into it online about singing and stuff. It's and a great one. I, I can always go back to Skid Row. I think, uh, first of all, I, I showed my a, a vocal student, Sebastian Bach, yesterday. I can always go back to I Remember You, that first album, Youth Gone Wild, but the second album, Slave to the Grind, is one of the most underrated rock albums of all time. And to me, it would have been a huge, huge hit. But about the same time, a band named Nirvana came out with their album. And everything changed. So Slave to the Grind by Skid Row is uh, something old. Uh, I want to say 1990, 1989, something like that. Corey Ryan Forrester, something old. Okay, so something old. Number one, my favorite. This literally might be just my favorite song of all time, all time, but it's definitely my favorite old song. It's the song Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. No song, regardless of what mood I'm in. I could literally be at my lowest of lows, and I put on Build Me Up Buttercup, and I'm immediately soaring through the clouds in just a, a suit made of peanut butter. You know what I mean? Like everything's good. It reminds me of being a kid listening to oldies radio with my parents. Then also it was used in the outro of one of my favorite movies, something about Mary. So every time I hear the song, I also think of Brett Favre and somebody having cum in their hair and, you know, Earl, Earl Brown playing a mentally handicapped guy asking about beans. Like it's just a great song. That's always going to make me feel, feel great. My favorite old album is the legend of Jesse James with LeVon Helm playing Jesse, Johnny Cash is his brother, Frank James, Charlie Daniels is Cole Younger, and Emmylou Harris is Jesse's wife, Zarelda James. 
Uh, God, I wish that I shot her just for that name. Also featuring Roseanne Cash and Rodney Crowell. So it's just an all-star cast. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a concept. Oh, it's amazing. It's a concept album where like it plays to your ears, like a movie to your eyes. Like it's absolutely tremendous. It takes you through Jesse James from being a child and kind of getting picked on to uh, joining the army, going through the civil war, and then ultimately to his uh, demise. And on the LeVon Helm tip, my favorite old band, is the band with LeVon Helm, Robbie Robertson, Richard Manuel, Rick Danko, Garth Hudson. I think that there's probably, I don't think there's been a month go by in my adult life that I haven't thrown on, even if it was just to go to bed, uh, the uh, Martin Scorsese directed Last Waltz by the band. I think it's the greatest, um, I think it's the greatest musical documentary DVD ever. And I think that they were just absolutely tremendous. And I hate that they stopped when they did, because I think we would have just had so much more from them. So that's my list of my favorite old things. And much like any Scorsese movie, it follows the Greek tragedy all, all inside of the Neil Young performance. That's true. Oh, that's sweet, Cassie. What is that? Oh, look at that. But what is that? It's got the screenplay, the director's notes, oh. scripts, set line. My jaw literally dropped just now. I think I need oh, that's bad. I got to get that. I need that. Wife got this for me for Christmas. It's the best oh. gift she's got me. That super hits. I've got a book that's just on the band uh, that's similarly sized, but it's not that, and that's what I want. That's, a, well, that's fucking badass. What a great – I mean, every band, every person deserves that, to have their moment, their career encapsulated as perfectly and framed as perfectly as Scorsese did for the band. I wish oh, every band, every artist had that. It's amazing, right, Corey? Well, the thing is they can't because you have to be that – you have to hit that hard, and not many do, <laughs> like the band. I mean, not many people were – you know, I mean, as a lot of people don't know, the reason that they're called the band – is because they were Bob Dylan's backing band and they were just always called Bob Dylan and the band. And for them to just be like, yeah, that's the fucking name. We're going with it. You'll, uh, you'll appreciate this, uh, Coon, with the concerts you've put on and stuff. This is the, all the stage lineups and the lighting and everything for everybody's set. Oh, the stage plot. That's amazing, yeah. man. That's rad. Where's Neil Young's Coke table? Is it, is it somewhere? Paul Butterfield. <laughs> The nose booger? Where's yeah, that? The they, on, on, you know, on one version, if you go, if you watch it on TV, they have CGI'd the coke booger yes. out. And That's I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the uh, of the Han, of the of the uh, Han shot first coke boogerless <laughs> fucking edit. That's my favorite Hollywood line. Is somebody got paid, and is, he can tell everybody on his resume he CGI'd. Yeah. Neil Young's cocaine booger off the list. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> rad, that man. Smashes. That does the, smash. The the interesting thing about that concert is that you know they make it this big special thing with all these guest stars coming up, but the most impressive songs are the ones just by the band. Like those are yeah, just for sure, guys. without a doubt. All right, let's uh, let's ask you this. This is off script. Who hits the hardest in that in Last Waltz? Uh, Van Morrison as a sing Pop as singer. But without it, and and especially if you know, not a lot of people know this because they don't they don't really show this in the last waltz. But if you know it, then then it's it's really something. Van Morrison has, and still to this day, suffers pretty pretty crippling stage fright. Like for the most part, he plays all his concerts in sunglasses because as much of a, a tremendous performer as he is, he still does not like the crowd. So when the guys asked him, "Hey, you know, come do this concert." 
blah, 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 and there's going to be this many people here. He was like, he really didn't want to do it because, number one, he's afraid of crowds, and number two, it's like, this isn't my crowd, so it's even different. It's even more different. Like, not only am I performing in front of a crowd, I'm performing in front of your crowd, and maybe they don't want me here. So he was super nervous about doing it and really didn't want to. So if you go back and watch that, and as soon as he gets out there, he's kind of staring at the ground doing the song, but he's crushing so hard, and you can realize the moment when he knows that he's crushing, he starts letting it loose, and then he starts doing the kicks, and when he starts doing the kicks, you look back, and you can see LeVon Helm sitting there, and he looks at Rick Danko, and Rick Danko smiles back at him, and that's just them acknowledging, like, holy shit. He's in it. He's in it. Like, he was super scared to come out here, but he don't give a fuck right now. That's how hard he's murdering. And you could tell that they both knew, like, man, we're really, really in the middle of something special right now. There's nothing better, and I'm sure with comedy. Second Dr. John, by the way. Go ahead. There's nothing better than that moment. I live for that moment on stage where you're like, I always say it's like, if you ever seen a school of minnows swim and they all follow each other really quickly? Yeah. That's how that's how interactive it can be on stage. Yeah, for sure. And it's the it's there's no better feeling in the world than that. And getting and, that pocket. Uh, I mean, for me, the whole concert is the Levon Helm show. I just think he's awesome agreed. Agreed. I think there's a yeah. I think there's a moment on stage. Uh, there should be every time, and it's that moment where, as many times as you've done it, even if you're doing old material, hundred percent through, and you know, hey, this should be a good show. There's always a moment where you go, all right, I got him. And yeah. like you said, now I can throw in the kicks. Now I can try some stuff. I can venture out a little bit. I can yeah. slow down a little bit. I call, that the, uh, I call that the one, uh, the one set of footprints in the sand moment. <laughs> Is, you, know what I, you know what I'm saying? That famous quote about that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Uh, Jesus, if you, were, if, if you were with me the whole time, then why is there only one set of footprints in the sand? And he said, well, that, my son, is when I was carrying you. And that, to me, when there's one set of footprints, that's when I'm – the show, Corey, the comedian – has hit such a stride that like I just let my subcon my subconscious holds me and just takes me on this fucking ride and it's almost like you can do no no wrong and, and Van Morrison yep. in that moment he was such in that pocket that his the artist within him was just puppeteering the human being on stage. <laughs> well put, yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, we got something old. Now we got to go something new. What's some brand new? The newest music you can think of. A song recently that hit you, a band you just discovered that's new. Anything new in the musical world in your life? Ken? Well, I'm so old. I remember the Louis C.K. joke where he talks about when he thinks of a hot girl, he still thinks of Britney Spears and she's like 40. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I'm so old. I have to stay current for my students as much as I can. But for me, the the only artists that have really hit me hard in the last few years have been um, Bruno Mars, of course, and as well as um, Childish Gambino, who I think yeah. is fucking brilliant. I just think, I, I love him. You know, I'm a big Lenny Kravitz fan. I'm a big per a fan of people who can do everything on their own and who can work by themselves. I don't know why, because that's the way I am. But Childish Gambino, I, I dig everything he does. Corey, something new. Okay, so right now, my favorite new song is the song Out of Sight by Run the Jewels featuring 2 Chains. It's on their new album, RTJ4. And the reason that I like this song specifically in the Run the Jewels catalog is because, as a lot of people know, uh, Run the Jewels, usually their themes 
uh, for each of their albums is fuck the establishment, fuck the popo, fuck the system. And it still remained true in Run the Jewels 4. However, when they had 2 Chains featured on a song, it's almost like 2 Chains got a call and they were like, okay, 2 Chains, so you're going to feature on uh, this album by a group called Run the Jewels. Now, just to let you know, Run the Jewels, this is kind of what they're about. That they're fuck, All the songs are fuck the police or fuck the establishment or fuck the system. And it's like 2 Chains just went, yep, most of them going to be, <laughs> you know, because he's like, not, like, not my part. So they come in and they're staying true to their theme. And then two chains comes in. This is one of my favorite excerpts from uh, two chains verse on the uh, song out of sight by run the jewels. He says, I get a text like stay safe. I text back. I miss that pussy be home soon. And I can't wait. I came from a dream triple beam and some gray tape. Yeah. Assistant went shopping, put my bags in the a eight. Hello, Mr. Big faith. The bank teller trying to get ranked. I'll buy a hot dog stand if I'm trying to be frank. Now, look, guys, I've known some poet laureates in my time, but to me, Titty Boy takes the cake in this new song that has really just fired me up. My favorite uh, new album right now is Reunions by the man Jason Isbell. And it's a new album in terms of it's come out this year. I think it's tremendous. I think the guys knocked it out of the park once again. I think that they properly took the temperature of the room and uh, and really just cranked out a good one. And my favorite new new band is a group that I think you guys will like. They're called Half Gun Will Travel. Uh, they kind of have a little kind of modern Petty-ish, Tom Petty-ish vibe. And they're also a bunch of good old boys out of Florida. So I'm certain that they come by that honest. So that's what all my new shit that hits for me. The name of the band is Have Gun Will Travel? Yeah, and on like my album, it's just, it's abbreviated HGWT, I assume, because they were like, God damn, that's a long fucking name. <laughs> I love watching Corey trying to figure out what the initials were of those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I had to look that's at, clearly was in, not in his head. Uh, that was in his head right there. I had, in my mind, I had to picture the album. I like, as I don't, I can't read, I can just see like shapes, and I'm like, that's a G. <laughs> I can see shapes. I can see that looks like a, a chair that would hurt my back. That must be a G. <laughs> All right, something old, something new, something borrowed. Uh, give us the last time somebody hit you with a musical suggestion. Uh, kind of like Corey just did, but last time somebody hit you with a musical suggestion said, "Hey, you should check this out." Either hit and missed, whatever. Just so, something that comes to mind where somebody gave you a musical suggestion. Well. Honestly, as you know, I have no social life and I have no friends. So no one suggested any, you know, who does suggest stuff for me is Conrad. He once in a while will just screenshot his um, phone and just send me what he's listening to. And it's, it's always usually, rap. It's always, yeah, so that's yeah. you too. And, you know, I, I work for Conrad technically and I do a lot of work for him, but sometimes in the span of a month, all I get from him are screenshots of two chain songs. Yeah. Um, but most of that that's what really, best friends are you fucking idiot i know that you're 70 but like that's what we're doing now i don't know anybody um but for me most like you say two chains i don't understand that music and i'm also a musician so i don't say just because i don't get it it sucks right but like yeah when i start hearing those hi-hats you know i know that's what i when i hear the hip-hop nowadays the hi-hats the it's always you know i just it doesn't hit for me but um conrad's just like this song is fucking amazing you idiot and i'm like okay yep 
But he, but I agree with him. Conrad tells Coon that while he sends a screenshot because he knows yeah. it's not going to hit for Coon. Yeah, he, like, he doesn't wait for a response. <laughs> he doesn't wait for a response. He says, hey, by the way, this song is great, you fucking idiot. And you're an oh. idiot. For- and Coon's like, yeah, checks out. Yeah, no, I, 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 so I only have to listen to him. I mean, I know Conrad's not going to listen to this, but I always just right. go, that's awesome, dude. I love that. That <laughs> hits. Fucking A, you fucking Alabama genius. You're placating his rap. I like what, it. Dude, well, what am I going to do? Argue with Conrad? He will debate I, club me, and then I'll be wrong. What's the <laughs> debate club? What's the last? Because I don't even really have a grasp on what your musical taste is. Like, what What did you? what's the last music you just listened to? Like, not for concerts or your school where you just like, I need to get in the groove and listen to some music. I like a lot of musician music, you know, like music that only musicians like. like technical like, stuff, like Steely yeah, Dan. Like, yeah oh god steely dan's fucking well i love steely dan too but i know that that's their that's like their whole thing they're musician musicians and then there's that like what's it called a math rock or whatever yeah see but i need to have like creativity too so for me i really i go to bela fleck and the fleck tones a lot and oh i got to hang out with them they were great yeah and two of the guys in the band i know really well one of them is one of my best friends and 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 the fact that I can listen to it and Matthew and I listen, I'm like, man, listen to fucking Victor right here. That's, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it, it, you know, the person. So you're just like smiling because they're so successful. But at the same time, you're so, God, you're nowhere near as good as that motherfucker. And it just, you just are in awe of it. But you like him. So you can be happy and not jealous. Right. <laughs> something, uh, something borrowed for you, Corey. Okay. So my something borrowed, and I wrote all these out. It was a, I was going to do a something borrowed that was a, an album, a, a person, and a, a song, and all three of them were recommended by the man himself, Casio Kid. Me? It was, yep. The artist was Paul Cawthon. The song was, or uh, the album was Cocaine Country Dancing, and the song was Big Velvet. And I'm here <laughs> to tell you that all three, rat tat tat, fucking smash out the i mean dude just off the fucking richter i I've, i haven't it's been a while since i fell in love with a human being or an artist immediately like the first usually like if someone suggests me something i'll listen to it and the and i'll be okay i'm yeah i'm in i'll, I'll dive in more the literal first time that i heard big velvet i was like where the fuck has this motherfucker been my whole life uh is elvis still alive and he's just this guy like what's happening i also immediately like after one listen to the song i texted my agency and i said hey i need to update my writer because i need big velvet to be my walkout song like it's it's the new song and then we didn't get to tour because there's no fucking god but like you know it's it's paul coth and i couldn't i couldn't think i can't thank you enough casio uh for for telling me about that guy I've only uh, I've only met him when we well, I didn't even meet him, but I, my only interaction personally is when we recorded the podcast, and uh-huh. he he fell right where I thought, which was he could jump right in our group and smash. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he's exactly what I needed. Um, he was like that off off mic and you know before and after we recorded. Yeah, and one hundred percent like I told him. Can you imagine a wrestler or a comedian? Coming out to Big Velvet, it's a smash. So. Unreal, unreal, dude. I was like, I was almost worried about it when I sent that because I was like, man, that's really gonna set the bar for me being way <laughs> fucking cooler than I am. Like, I'm more funny than, th- and this song is super cool. 
but maybe the juxtaposition will work. Like maybe people will understand what I'm going for. But <laughs> so I don't know. Then you gotta listen to it. I was gonna say, anytime you you put the word cocaine in any title, it's always cool. It always yeah, works. Every yeah, time. yeah, 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 for sure. Well, you know, my, my buddy Dave Lottom, who's in a band, I told him about Cocaine Country Dance. I was like, dude, he played. They play a lot of frats and stuff. I said, yeah, they're going to eat this song up. And he's like, oh yeah, all right. I, I mean, I get it. I kind of like it. And then it was, he just hit me one late Friday night. He goes. We just played it during our break, and now people wanted to repeat it and not want us to come back. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Young, take your break. Will it, you just play the song again? We're doing it, this. It fucking rules, man. It's good shit. And again, man, I've never, like, he legit sounds like fucking Elvis Presley, man. It's it's wild. That album, Room 41, too, is uh, he can goes from that to a super deep mm-hmm. song where he is way up in the fields. Yeah. I do want to change one of my answers because uh, <laughs> I suck. <laughs> but. I, you know, a band I discovered since the band I mentioned was uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Which oh, I they're great. You both know Paul. And, dude, like, I told this story on ad-free shows. You know, he got his tickets to lock-in. I said, hey, we're going to go to lock-in. I hope I run into you. And he's like, I'll give you tickets. I'm like, fucking, that's cool. And I took a student. And I was hyping up this band the whole time to the student. So, like, it had been easy to disappoint. And I can barely talk about that concert without getting tears in my eyes. Yeah, man. So- fucking good like i was so jealous and so happy you know when you see someone kill i don't know if you guys go this but you're you wish you were up there instead but like oh yeah it's just oh my god he just he's just a dude and like he sings like an angel but the way he held that crowd man i I, i'm telling you that guy's probably gonna be the biggest rock star in the world at one point i thought you were gonna say something Corey. Did you? No, you, I was. You took was, a breath like you're about to say something. No, I took a breath. I took one of them fucking pudding breaths. That's what I took. <laughs> that was an odd breath. I, I agree with I agree with Paul about that. And I don't know, Cassie. Did you did you, did you see the tweet that he tagged me and you in uh, a couple weeks ago? Which one? He he tagged us when he said, uh, "I don't know if these guys remember, but it was on this day last year that uh, the Cassio kid and Corey Forster almost killed me with uh, yeah. a fish platter in Vegas because we you were there, Coon, when we had when we went to that little pub after uh, was it All In or Double or Nothing? Which one was it? Yeah, that that was a Double or Nothing when when I big leaked Paul because I didn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah which yeah. you should yeah. literally never do to even someone that works the drive through at a liquor store. <laughs> um but he was like i'm a musician i'm like that's nice oh really oh you look like a yeah well that's cool because you look like an idiot um (laughs) we yeah we made him we made him he didn't drink but so we were like oh well you gotta do something terrible eat this um eat these fish and chips and then he literally had emergency appendicitis the (laughs) the next day he 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 literally almost died on the airplane and then talked about it uh he Went to the hospital and then almost lost his voice permanently from where they put tubes in his mouth. Yeah, like he I was really that. bad, yeah. and it was it was super touch and go. And he was like, uh, "Here's my goal. I got uh, two months. Y'all can cancel whatever you want, but we got the Rolling Stones in Chicago to open up for. Yeah, we're gonna hit that show. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. I might not best- go somewhere else. I'm not going to Detroit." But yeah. I'll let you boy when Rolling Stones comes back. <laughs> yeah, right absolutely. The, the best part of that is there was like nine of us there, and I believe he paid for the meal. So he paid for his own yeah. death that people made him eat. Yeah, well, he did. I, I hate to keep going back, but if, if you haven't heard his episode, go listen to everybody that's listening to this. 
Um, he, he talked about he can't go out and socialize when he's at home in Birmingham now, of course, because everybody wants to talk to him. And usually when he goes anywhere, it's because he's on tour and people notice him. And he was like, I, it was a blessing to be in a city full of wrestling fans because I don't have a lot of crossover wrestling fans yeah. to save all the broken bones. And he said, I haven't had a lot of friend, uh, fellowship just going out to eat when nobody say anything. And he goes, I had such a blast. And I was like, well, you're an asshole because you secretly went off and paid for the tab. That's what you are. Yeah, he, totally, he did totally after, me, after me and him argued for about 20 minutes on uh, whether or not the movie Ready to Rumble hit. Uh, <laughs> and also, if, you're, uh, uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, The Well Read Podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, but Paul Janeway did an episode. Actually, before I met him, it was just him and Trey in a hotel room, and I, I won't give anything away other than to say he tells a very good uh, masturbation joke. From Paul? From Paul, yep. Oh, that's, that's how I knew. Favorite. I was like, oh, this is, this is my guy right here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's my favorite singer right now. He's yeah. fucking awesome. Well, he's just objectively amazing. Yeah, objectively, for sure. Yeah, and he's a guy, like you mentioned earlier, Coon, he's usually when a, when a singer or band is a hit, there's one of two things are usually given. They're either great live or they're great in the studio. And mm -hmm. you start really having success when the band you hear in the studio is the band you get live. Yep. And St. Paul is a singer. If you just went, listen to them sing on this track, I'm going to play this for you. He'll smash you. And if you go now, go see him where he hits those same notes. And by the way, he's in a shiny robe. The whole standing time. up on, yeah. Standing up on a fucking platform and just, <laughs> and absolutely giving it. Dude, he walked through this festival that had like 100,000 people, walked through the crowd, went to the sound booth, and stood on top of the speakers like Jesus on the cross and singing this last song. Everybody was turned to him. He's, yeah. he's, he's something else, man. He, sound, he sounds like Aretha Franklin, dresses like Ric Flair, and looks like the IT guy. Like yeah. All that stuff put together is just tremendous. Great stuff. Uh, so uh, that's how – do we – we didn't, well, we, got everything. we didn't do blue. That, yeah, that was borrowed, and you did Paul Gart. Well, I was making sure we got both y'all in. And to wrap it up, something blue. Give me a song. Give me an album. Give me an artist, whatever you want to go with. Something that gets you in your feel. Something that can make you cry every single time, no matter how hard you heard it. It'll always get in your feels every time you listen to it. Music making me cry is not a new thing. My kids who I work with, <laughs> I'm, this is not a joke, by the way. The, especially the teens who I've worked with a long time, when they're playing concerts, they look at me because they know it's not worth shit unless I cry. Like I cried that much where they know if my eyes are watering, they had a good show. So there's even, even rock songs can even just something that's great can do it. But if we're going for blue, you know, I didn't have the best childhood in the world. As you know, father and son by Cat Stevens gets me every freaking mm -hmm. time. Every yeah, time. That's a good one. It, it, every it, uh, it was every time I try to explain, he they, he walk, he gets up and walks away again. It's always the same sad story. It fucking gets me every time, and he sings way better than me. So much better. We're better. gonna lose Ken in just a second if you keep singing it. Yeah. <laughs> From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen, but now I know. Sorry, go ahead. I love it. This is what we need. Scattered fuckery. We, this is what we need, son. <laughs> 
You almost you broke out the guitar and was about to sing "Build Me Up Buttercup," and I got pissed. You put it. I was trying down. to figure it out, like because when it's a song, and I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you build me up, Buttercup, baby, just to let me down? Mess me around, and then worst of all, you never call, baby, when you say you will. I love you still. I need you more than anyone does. Yeah, shit. I got so mad. When I hear something, when I hear something and I don't know it, know it, I'm like, okay, I bet I know it, but I just don't know I know it. So I had to pick up the yeah. guitar and be like, yeah, I know that song. But yeah, that's that's a that's a great tune. But yeah, it, it, it's a gift though. Like if I wanted to, I could play. You know, I'm not gonna cry, but it's not time to make a change. Just relax and take it easy. You're still young. It's your fault. There's so much you have to go through. Find a girl, settle down. If you want to, you can, you can marry. marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. Jesus. Okay. Okay. All See? right. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's Stevens. Every cat Stevens. That song. Songs. That song does hit really hard. It's on the uh, soundtrack for Guardians too. At a very great moment. You know, and I just, if I ever meet Cat Stevens, and by the way, he put out some good stuff like five years ago under his new name, Yusuf. And Yusuf. if I ever meet Cat Stevens, I'm going to ask him, how did you write so many fucking songs about my life? How did you do that? Um, well, I just imagine being a worthless piece of shit. And then I, uh, I just, <laughs> I, then I hit record. That's what I do. Then I that's, hit record. <laughs> that's what I do. That's, that's, that's the secret. <laughs> Corey, who's putting you in the fields? Who's getting you blue? Uh, it's Guy Clark, and the song is Let Him Roll, which I consider to be uh, – it's, it's up there on best songs ever written that aren't that – aren't like, he's not a beautiful – I mean, Guy Clark was never a beautiful singer, and this is also like – he pretty much just talks through this song. I mean, this is just a story that's got a guitar behind it, but the whole story is there's this feller – and uh, he, he works on, you know, freighters and elevators and, and in this cheap motel. And uh, he's always hammered drunk on port wine. And he's telling this old dude about how he, the, the biggest love of his life uh, was a whore in Dallas. I guess literally, literally a whore in Dallas. He's talking about how he fell in love with a, a Dallas whore. And then his, every night he talks to this guy about how like she, you know, she ran off on him and he's, she's all he can think about and blah 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 blah. well then one night this this old this old drunk he he drinks himself to sleep and then of course they go to have his funeral but he didn't have anybody so here's the line that really man uh <laughs> it'll it'll kill me uh the the welfare the welfare people provided the priest and a couple from the mission down the street sang amazing grace and no one cried except some woman in the back way off to the side we all left and she was standing there, a black veil covering her silver hair. And one-eyed John said her name was Alice and she used to be a whore in Dallas. So she made her, she made her way back to see this guy off. And it was like the, it was like the last thing mm. that he would have wanted. I'm, I'm just getting chills thinking about it right now. Cause I just have a lot of uh, empathy for the homeless and the deranged and the, and the drunks who were probably off at war and, 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 you know, look, man, here's the deal. At the end of the day, we all deserve a whore from Dallas. <laughs> and there's nothing more deep than homeless people who go off to war. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> Cassio, do you have a song that makes you blue that, that hits you every time? I've never seen Cassio fucking sad in my life. What'd you say? I love it. Turns out she was a cute whore. Like, you wasn't joking. <laughs> 
Like you're even saying she's a whore from Dallas. Well, I wanted to make like, that clear. I thought clear. you were summing it up for us. And right, like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted oh, to make it or. I wanted to make it clear that I wasn't like he's not talking about a girl, and then me, Corey, was just like, yeah, he's talking about some whore. Yeah. Like, no, you're like, you're, like legit, shoot whore. <laughs> you're right. She wanted a gimmick whore. She's no, like, hell no, shoot whore. <laughs> we can't talk about gimmick whores in 2020. It's all no. got to be shoot. <laughs> so, Cassio, do you like Corey said he's never seen you sad, and I've met your wife, so I can see why, but. Is there any song that that just hits you every time you're like, "Excuse me, guys, I need a moment. I need to walk away for a." Uh, you know, uh, music is uh, the the short answer is yes. Music, uh, I, I do consider myself a positive guy, and I don't get down that much. Uh, but I do. If that brown liquor starts flowing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out on some songs, and uh, I guess just you know you never show it, and it's got to come out sometime uh doug stone i'd be better off in a pine box oh. son just murders me every time old train bound for georgia <laughs> and the gray walls of a prison doing time <laughs> and i have i've had my heart broken but nowhere near that much my god son nobody reason, has but for some reason in my head i am him in that song let me tell you something. If you've had your heart broken like Doug Stone had in that song, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to write that song or you're going to kill everyone at a Walmart. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a bunch of songs that'll that'll uh, get in my feels. There's um, uh, there's a newer one, uh, Brothers Osborne. Let me love the lonely out of you. It's a great song. It's great when that brown liquor's flowing. Um, mm. Did you say you don't get down much, Cassio? Like, that's yeah. something I can't even wrap my head around. Corey, do you have trouble even conceiving that being the case in, in anybody's life? No, it's hard. I mean, that's a uh, – it's it's all – like, I've told that about people about Cassio all the time. I'm like, this guy, when I tell you he's a barrel of fun and he's just one of the best people you could be around because no matter what mood you're in, he'll lift your spirits. <laughs> I've always been like, I've – I fucking have literally never seen this guy even – kind of sad and the thing is like it's not like oh well you you know you're not with him 24 hours a day and that's true that is fair and that's but true you have been. I, but i have i have been with you for seven, yeah, yeah for seven days at a time and in situations where any other human being would be wrapping a revolver around <laughs> their lips like me and him have done some of the worst fucking gigs we're like dude one gig we did I, I did have a mental break i had a fucking straight up mental breakdown in this gig and castio's still in the fucking green room or not green room but the condo just like dude I'm making an eight-layer sandwich. Look at this shit's wild. Come here. Are you fucking in? You in on this fluffer night or something? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting out there like trying to figure out how to hang myself with a garden hose. And this motherfucker in here is just inventing sandwiches. Right. I've stayed at him in, in fucking like literal petri dishes of hotels. And he's just like, hey, man, they save money. So we get more in the back end. Skew. You know, like he's a fucking lunatic. Like I don't know what's <laughs> happened. I almost believe like sometimes the government just built like a fucking fat happy robot to like keep everybody else in check and they just made him go because like, it doesn't make sense none of it makes sense but then again you said oh well i've seen judy so that makes sense dude judy is very very late into the story of when i i've known matt mitchell like for years he was just just out there by himself just hitting and just being happy and for reasons and for reasons i have no idea fucking why but i mean yeah she, she jokes that she was like 
the more the longer I dated, I was like, there's gonna be that night where I see this dark guy come out, like it's gotta be there. She's like, So far so good. Yeah, I think I've thought that before too, but then again, <laughs> like I've known you too long and like if you're truly you can't hide it that you can't hide true darkness that well. Unless I mean, unless you're fucking literally Dahmer. Uh yeah. So like I say though, like especially when I was, you know, when you're single and living in an apartment and uh there'll be some brown liquor nights where all the lights are off and just music playing then headphones and it's was, yeah. those are those are actually great nights for me i, I think it, does, sure. it is cathartic of whatever i have built up that i don't let out it that does get out at some point they've definitely been described like every day of my life there have definitely been nights where I got hammered drunk on that brown liquor and listened to music and cried all night. And then the next day didn't at all consider that like a bad night. Like, cause that's good. Like, you yeah. know, like don't get me wrong. Crying is like, if you're crying, obviously in that moment you were sad about something, but like after you're done crying though, and you're still drunk, it's like, yeah, I, I got that out. I, did. I could have cried sober, like some sort of fucking queer, but I did it like a man. I got drunk. I'd hate for my friends and family to see this and support me about it. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm going to do it while li listening to music, and then I'm going to watch a John <laughs> Wayne movie and beat off. Good. No, John I, Wayne and I beat think... off? I figured you had something for that. Are you in? I mean, Are you in on John Wayne and beating <laughs> off? <laughs> I think the next time the three of us all get together, right, which will be at some point because Corey – is slow rolling again on uh, a get together. I guess he doesn't want to die of coronavirus, but no, I'm, yeah, I was about to say, I'm not slow rolling shit. I'm not coming. <laughs> He's slow rolling, not get infected. <laughs> but the next time we all get together, we put on the last waltz, we take off our pants, we Conrad will hate other, it, you know, and, and that's it. I can't imagine how much Conrad will hate the last waltz. Oh my God. I, I couldn't imagine a, a show to make him watch that he would be out so fast on. Yeah, he'd hate it. It's he doesn't like, like he doesn't like superheroes, right? Like he wouldn't watch the event. Right? He doesn't he's like if me and Cassio say that we like a thing, he's like, "Oh, cool. Well, I bet that's the fucking stupidest shit I've ever heard of." Hey, the only thing he's ever liked that I've pitched to him is the song uh, "Vienna" by Billy Joel. Really? That hit yeah. Point. He needed it, man. He needed it. He, he was needed it. He was describing everything that was going on. I was like, I've been exactly in this position that Conrad's in, and this song always works for me. And I sent him Vienna by Billy Joel. And then he, once he got off the plane, he texted me. He's like, I listened to that motherfucker like seven times in a row, <laughs> and I went to sleep in such a better mood. I was like, slow down, you crazy child. He, he just asked me because, like we said, he never listens to this. He was like, I said something about the P.O. Box. He goes, how's it going? And I was like, good. I said, I just had one last week. He goes, what's some of the shit you're getting in your P.O. box? So I literally showed him a picture of this. It's Thor's a mule deer, Thor Sammer, this dude made a replica of and That's mailed awesome. to me. <laughs> Look, Conrad. Okay. Uh, it so would hit for a fake hammer. <laughs> it, would, it would hit for you me. Get it? It would hit for me so hard if Conrad went to pick it up and he couldn't. <laughs> and then fucking like jeff jewett walks along and just picks and it, it up just, yeah it just comes right to him he couldn't pick it up <laughs> and mark nelson's got i've got it too what's wrong conrad yeah. <laughs> he's throwing it up to himself all right fellas uh thanks for i, th I like the new segment i think i'm gonna start doing that with everybody 
And we are too. Uh, think, over yeah. on Through the Screen Door podcast for John Forster. Thanks for joining us for our new segment with our guest, the Casio Kid, on Through the Screen uh, Door. Casio, uh, Casio, Casio, Casio. All right, uh, you guys, listen. Thanks for everybody for listening to this. I thank you guys for coming on, man. Uh, I don't give a shit that you that they're on Tuesday. Uh, who cares? More the merrier. It's the whole podcast and family. That's the beauty of podcasts. You listen to them whenever you want to listen to them. So. Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to listen to it right after this, guys. Well, well, thanks, man. I can't wait to continue listening to Cassio's Cut, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, and thanks for having me on for a record third fucking time. Yeah, I'm not, Conrad's gonna now. Conrad will pay attention to that shit. He's oh like, yeah. Have I been on the most? No. Well, fucking come over. Let's record. Something. And then me and you are recording an hour directly after that. Put it in the chat right now. Just say, hey, Corey now has the record for the most times on my podcast. And Conrad will say something like, Cassio never asked me on his podcast. And he (laughs) will spend that entire podcast shitting on me. Just just prying my mouth open and just sealing his asshole like a ring around my lips and dumping right into my throat directly. That's through the screen door wrapped up right there. That was an alternate name as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That entire monologue. Uh, Cassio, can't thank you enough for having us on. And, of course, if you want to hear more political drivel like this from Corey Ryan Forster, through the screen door pod, available on all the same platforms that you listen to Cassio's Cut on. And I have it on good authority that Corey has listened to Cassio's Cut at least two times, and for sure it's going to be three. Absolutely. Yeah, you're damn right. Coon's been on it twice now, right? That's right. The first time we got a, 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 a little letter from a lawyer, didn't we? Yeah, or a little... we got a threatening lawyer, a lawyer letter. Not from God, Kevin's damn. attorney. No, oh, that don't like, hit. From Corny's attorney. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, no, it was worth it. It was fun. <laughs> it totally was. It totally was. All right, through the screen door. Thank you, guys. I'm rooting for you. Appreciate y'all coming on. And everybody watching and listening, thank you. Subscribe, go like everything at Cassio's Cut, and then go find Through the Screen Door. They might have a YouTube right now. They might not. That's just the beauty of the scattered fuckery that is. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Mask disorganization? <laughs> what was it? I think yeah, so. It's a disorganization, masks flexibility. Masks flexibility. I will say that nothing on our show will probably be as good as this episode. This was fantastic. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Adios, pachachos. We better stop before we get embarrassed.